welcome to Unearthing You, a place where women come together to have honest, raw, and deep conversations about the things that happen as you're going through growth, up-level, and expansion. I am your host, Chelsea Sillabon, bringing you a beautiful rendition of my love. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Unearthing You podcast. I am Chelsea Sillabon, and I just want to say if this is your first time tuning in, welcome, 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 and if you're back for another episode, welcome back, and thank you so much for um, for tuning in and being a loyal listener. Um, today, we are going to be talking to Mary Breer, and she is just such a beautiful human and soul. Um, I met her about a month ago, or not a month ago, I met her in September, so it's been a couple months now, but I met her in September, and um, I kind of talked about this a little bit in the episode, but she just has this very magnetic energy about her. She's very welcoming, very kind, very, um, very loving, and I highly recommend that you go and give her a listen if this, um, go and check her out if this episode resonates at all with you. Um, Mary is a death doula, which she explains what that is in the podcast, um, episode, and I'm not going to try to explain it because I don't want to um mess it up because it's such beautiful and sacred work that she does and she's also a plant medicine woman um who facilitates journeying with plant medicine and let me just say that she knows how to hold incredible experience um oh my gosh words (laughs) she knows how to hold incredible space for those um within their within their journey um, just in the middle of November, uh, I had the wonderful opportunity to attend one of her grief healing ceremonies in Venice Beach, California, and it was just the true embodiment of holding love and light within a space that is otherwise as like heavy and overwhelming um it was a beautiful ceremony of just connecting truly connecting to the heart and um allowing the grief process to cycle through you and she talks about grief in such a beautiful and profound way and so I really hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I have um enjoyed being in her presence and um before we get started with Mary though we I I want to let you know that my group program that has a retreat at the end is open for enrollment it is open for enrollment until January 4th and um I am just so so excited to be offering this because it is a work of my heart. It is the work of my heart. Um, I don't know that I've talked about this yet, and if I have, I apologize, but I was sitting in a meditation 
and I got this this download for the name Devoted Beauty. And I remember just opening my eyes, writing it down, and then going back to the meditation. And after the meditation had ended, I circled the name and wrote an arrow to it and said, this is going to be something. Because the name just resonated so deeply. I had literally just come from the bathroom and I had been staring at myself and talking very badly about myself. I was surrounded by 300 beautiful and powerful women all in their own ways and I was judging myself in comparison to them thinking that like I wasn't good enough for this reason and for that reason and all of these other things and so it just I you know as a consequence of that judgment I felt so so um ugly and and while most while the beauty that I while I experienced ugliness on the outside like I was I was feeling very ugly on the outside um the beauty that I'm talking about within devoted beauty is really this pure beauty that exists within us and the ability to see the beauty not just within ourselves but also within life and the experiences that happen to us or happen in our lives because a lot of times you know we can get into a situation and get knee deep into a situation and it can feel really heavy and overwhelming and life can just feel like really draining and ugly and what I wanted to create with devoted beauty and what I did create with devoted beauty is a place where women can come and reclaim that beauty that has always existed within them while also forming a deeper connection and devotion to themselves um and a deeper connection and devotion to living a life with with more intention and presence and gratitude because you know all emotions are sacred and all emotions should be felt with such an with an open heart not closing ourselves off to love and gratitude is one of the most high vibrating emo- like high high vibrating frequencies like holds the high most one of the most high vibrating frequencies that exists and so it was really important for me to include that in there and so within the program we dive into um, creating safety within your body so that it feels safe to be devoted to yourself then we dive into um, creating more presence with yourself so really connecting to yourself forgiving yourself and other people and then we dive into pleasure and gratitude and the frequency of love because even though we do have shadows we can also hold those shadows in the frequency of love and release the judgment that we hold about them and once we do that the weight um, the weight of them feels a little less daunting and life feels a lot more enjoyable and approachable and so really what I wanted to create within um really what I did create within Devoted Beauty and so if that is something that sounds interesting to you something that sounds amazing 
please don't hesitate to reach out to schedule just a 15-minute connection call to see how we vibe together, see how we can connect human to human, and we'll go from there. Um, you can message me on Instagram or Facebook, or you can send me an email to hello at chelseasyllabon.com, and I've included those in the show notes, so you can just go ahead and click the link, and the link should work this time. I apologize that the links haven't been working, but... I am learning the software and learning how to do the ins and outs of these things. And so I appreciate you being patient with me as I am continuing to learn. And um, without further ado, let's get into the episode and enjoy. Enjoy all of its beauty and magic and wisdom. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Unearthing You podcast. Today we have Mary Breer with us. she is just an amazing being that is, it's hard to put into words the way that, uh, that I feel about her. I've only known her for a month, but I just feel that I've known her for so long. Um, she has such a beautiful soul, so I'm happy to have her here today. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. I feel the same, <clears throat> the exact same about you. Um, when we first met, we happened to just be in a situation where we knew mutual friends and then we were sharing the same hotel room and I immediately was just like, my friend, mine, (laughs) she's mine. (laughs) I just loved your energy and I loved your presence. And it's just an honor to be here speaking with you on your amazing podcast. So I feel really grateful and really honored. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for being here. And, you know, if you want to know more about Mary and her story after this podcast, she has her own podcast, the uh, Kara Anam. No, nope. <laughs> yeah. uh, close. The Anamkara podcast. There we go. And the Anamkara is the Celtic um, word for what that, what that translates to is soul friend. And mm-hmm. they would, the Anamkara back in the Celtic days would make sure that um, they would honor your dying wishes and they would bring things up to have them be seen before somebody would pass. So they were considered like the soul friends, the people that would guide people to the other side. So I really love the name Anamkara. Um, So yeah, the Anamkara podcast. Thank you for correcting me. Um, No worries. (laughs) No worries. Yeah, that podcast, uh, listening, I listened to, I think you have two, three episodes out right now, right? Yeah. At the time of this recording, she has three. By the time this is released, she'll have more, but I listened to the three, first three episodes and I remember just having chills throughout my body and Mm. tears in my eyes. And, uh, I would definitely recommend going and listening if any of this conversation resonates with you. So thank you. We love to share. Yes. (laughs) so um something that I really like to ask all of my guests on here is what are you currently unearthing in your life oh my goodness it's just so (laughs) ironic that it's called uh, what are you unearthing because it's really just continuing to unearth my knowledge and experience in the death and dying world um and make myself available for these beautiful transformative spaces. And yeah, so just unearthing what that means in my world, because it seems that the more I walk this path, the more it reveals about my life. It's just this natural thing. 
uh, I think it's a really big gift. It makes you shine such a brighter light on your life and how you're living uh, when you are amongst the dying. Mm. It's a true gift that they give. And so, yeah, so just unearthing all this, it's just a, a path and I'm foraging down it so happily. <laughs> mm, yeah. And I think this conversation is really important and really potent. I'm, I mean, everybody has experience with grief. Everybody has experience with death and in some way, shape or form. And I know for you, rebranding death, um, that has really stuck out to me in the fact that, you know, everybody experiences it and everybody goes through it, but the way that we experience it gets to be different when we go through the process in a more conscious way a more um, present way with ourselves. And so, right. Yeah. Yeah. How we hold our deaths and how we carry it through our life is so, so crucial. And we really are not taught to um, look at this thing. We're really taught quite the opposite. And so the whole concept behind rebranding death is just really kind of throwing that all out the window because this is something we have to accept. And why not accept it in a way that feels good for wherever we're at? Um, this is not like a platform of just like making sure people see it one way. Like everybody's going to come from different stories, different losses, different grieving. And so the process of rebranding death, I see it as a very multi-layer experience, whether it's me holding space for someone who's dying or facilitating grief healing ceremonies or coaching new end of life doulas to come into the world. It's really like this multiple layer thing I see happening in a very organic um, way. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think there's this big misconception, even with myself and, you know, and since meeting you and talking with you more about this, I have come to understand like death and grieving in a new way that mm. it's not just an end of life thing that it can happen while we're alive it can mm. you know grief is is so um I, I don't know the word for it it's it doesn't happen statically it's not just like it's one and done you know it, it continues to show up in your life and um, so I'd really love if you could just kind of talk about what grieving actually is and yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, you kind of were describing it actually just a second ago. It was really interesting because I was like, oh, she's, she's got it. She's got it. But, <laughs> but what it is, is if you picture it as a spiral, hmm. right? So a spiral kind of like a tornado. Um, and the beginning part is like the small part at the bottom. That's the, that's the happening. That's the event. And it's really strong and it's really tight, right? And then you start to kind of come up as time evolves. And in each circle, each time around, you're going to come back to this grief. And hopefully, if you are integrating it correctly, um, not you know, there is no correct way, but integrating it in some way, taking it and holding it and leaning into it in your own precious way, you're going to start to notice that it goes in waves. Um, and each time you circle back around to it, hopefully you have another set of tools that the last round had given you. So you can now hold it in even a bigger way. Mm. And then hopefully when it comes back around another way. And so that's how I see grief. Um, a part of our human experience uh, a part of what allows us to understand the duality of life. We need duality in all things, life, death, up, down, black, white. 
all of it, we need it um, to have this experience that we have now. And so, yeah, so grief is this, this circular tornado thing that I see and how we come back around to it um, is really, I'm, I'm trying to help people in that cycle gain the tools so next time that they hold this grief, it feels different. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I feel that's so important. What would you like, you know, I can relate back to the grieving process. Every time I think about grief, I always think about my uh, grandmother dying when I was, uh, I would say about seven years ago now, almost eight years ago. And there are moments where I have the, like the sadness come in and, you know, I miss her and all of these different things, right? Especially on uh, big occasions, like the holidays upcoming and things like that. But, um, you know, in the beginning stages of the grief process, I, I isolated myself. I didn't, um, I wouldn't say that I processed it in the most healthy of ways. I resorted to anger. I resorted to lashing out at people. Um, I resorted to wanting to take my own life. Like there were all of these different like levels to my grief. And I wouldn't say that I properly integrated it back then. And so what would you say to somebody who maybe didn't like in those beginning stages? Um, well, at first I would say um, that there is no proper way of doing it at any time in our life, mm -hmm. really. Like you do what you can with the tools you have you didn't have the Chelsea tools that you have now that you can look back and say, hmm, okay, I did it that way. And now I'm staring at this from another perspective. You know, you were younger and you have what you have and you have what you were taught as well about grieving. So you did the best you can. So I always tell people like, for, make sure that there's no shame in that mm -hmm. aspect of like, oh, I didn't do this properly or I didn't integrate this properly um, because it's all perfect. And then I really just ask people where they're at right now with their grieving process. How does it feel right now? How does it, how does it feel when, when thoughts of grandma come up? Is there unfinished business or is there things you still want to share that you feel you can't? Um, just so, you know, really feeling them out and, and where they are currently and then empowering them with the tools that I have, whether that would be guided meditation to take them to a state where they can be with that person and can start to form a relationship and bridge that communication that is oh so present in everybody's life? Or is it just to maybe cut the cord on something? Some people want you know the cords to be cut and to be able to move on. So it really depends on where they at. So breath work, guided meditation, uh, and different modalities, um, and obviously some coaching as well would definitely help somebody in that way, so yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. I, um, I know we didn't, uh, necessarily talk about this at the beginning, but I know in your first episode, you talked about your experiences as, um, and coming to the death doula mm. world and how you got to be. And for me, what really stuck out was that you were able to, um, to communicate with, with somebody who had passed. Um, I think yeah. you're, you're uh, a brother, right? Or my, my grandfather, I had, um, been communicating with him, um, right before he passed and then after he passed. Um, mm -hmm. but I had had communication with spirits and entities long, long before that. Mm -hmm. Um, my first experience with spirit would be, I mean, my first real thought 
See, I always say this and it's so funny. So I always say my first remembrance of spirit was this uh, event um, where I almost died as a child. But every time I say that, this other thing pops in my mind where I was like, I remember being in my crib and looking out of the window and feeling very different. And it's interesting because I, that's all I know about that. But so every time I say this one story that like I know so much more about, it always brings me like mentally back to that. So it's very interesting. I'm unearthing more there. I love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was my first, you know, thing was, was spirit was when I was five and I almost drowned and I was um, saved by this entity. And um, I talk about it a lot more in my first podcast, but there was a lot of divine interventions and interactions that day that after that event, things just changed for me. And I would have these experiences where entities would come, I would be able to dance and talk to my angels. Um, some would be extraterrestrial beings, some would be um, kind of insect looking, some would just be feelings, some would be shadows. It, it was, and I was just getting like this whole like array of different like textures of the other mm -hmm. side of the veil. and. Um, really having intuition, but growing up with a mother that was very much not okay with that. And it was kind of labeled as like demonic and, ugh, and put that in the box and scary. And so it wasn't until later on, I started kind of more getting comfortable unpacking and having different people in my life pass um, to where I was feeling like different interactions and communications, but not really knowing what to do with it. And um, after my grandfather passed and we had some profound communications um, prior to and after um, he, that relationship, that contract I had with him was really about him helping me ground in on like, this is real, like this, you need to understand. So um, yeah, having that passing really helped me um, and guided me to becoming a death doula. Hmm and to become more involved in the world of death and dying um, and to be a witness and a participant, like it just, it all led me to here. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. I think one thing that I really want to touch on that you said was that it sounds to me like, um, you know, growing up you had these experiences and they may have been a little bit scary for you as a child, not knowing what they were, but mm -hmm. it seems to, to me that you were really grounded in that experience of kind of just like knowing that it was, it was safe. Um, I can think back to an experience that I had after my grandma had passed of, I was walking out of my room and I can just like, even just talking about it, I can visualize it. I was walking mm -hmm. out of my room and we had her ashes in the house and I felt this presence come up behind me and like touch me on the back so gently and it scared me because um, mm. I didn't, I wasn't in this world. I didn't know what to make of it. I always thought that spirits and things like that were very scary. And so mm -hmm. when I had that experience, I just remember like saying, I, I know you're my grandma and I know you're safe, but I, you're not welcome. And, mm. um, and so that was, you know, looking back on that now, that was a little bit of a difficult thing to go through. But, um, what I, I guess what I'm getting at here is that when maybe somebody has an experience like that, where they, they 
have like a, a feel a touch or a feel a presence of something and they know that it's safe, how can they, or how would you recommend that maybe they communicate it, communicate with that spirit in a way mm. that's not, you're not welcome here. Maybe, um, do you right. know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. The, the first thing I would have somebody do in that particular arena is first, and this is kind of where I start with all the people that want to deepen their intuition and deepen their knowingness in that area, um, is to really work on their energetic field first. Mm. Really work on your energetic field and really start trusting and knowing that what comes into your energetic field is only for the highest good. Mm. And when you're, when you're strong in your energetic body and you're unifying your fields and that presents itself, you know you can even unify your fields again and if it still stays, you know and you trust that this is safe. And it feels really strong and it feels really good. So I'd say first, I would recommend working on their energetic body and then start leaning into that communication. And it would start to feel a little different. It just, it just will because you're already in this place where you know whatever energy comes through, I can hold it. I can hold it and I can see it and I know it doesn't have to attach to me. So, and also energetic clearing, having them making sure they know how to energetically cleanse after they have these interactions so they can have them and then trust that afterwards that's, that's not going to be something that lingers and stays and it can be passed through and, you know, called back upon when, when you're ready again. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's beautiful. I just felt like that was um, important to talk about and Oh, and I would also say too, yeah. uh, that would be like the stuff, what, you know, the first step, but then I'd also make sure to coach them through the process of just really putting it in the perspective. If these things that we can't see wanted to hurt us, harm us, kill us, or, you know what I mean? Like they would, <laughs> but they don't, you know what I mean? Like it's, they don't have that. It's not that kind of interaction. It's not something that can come through and, and, and interact with you that way. You know, mm -hmm. it's just, I, I like to remember to remind them that like we are in control of our boundaries and mm -hmm. what we can accept and not accept at certain times. Like, you know? Yeah. 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 No. And I, I, that's so important and truly beautiful the way that you, you said that. And, um, I would love to hear more about yeah, how we hold it within our body and how that can kind of affect our day-to-day -day life, even when maybe we're not, we're like in the middle of our cycle, the, the spiral yeah. that you're talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Grief is held 100% in our body. They've yeah. proven it now. It's, it's no, it's no longer woo to, you know, like, <laughs> oh, energy is stored in your body. Like it's like, it's real. It's, it's real thing. Um, so when we have a traumatic event, um, you'll notice if you start to do this work and be more aware of your body, you'll notice like when you're in traffic or something's going on, what parts of your body start to tense up. Mine sometimes is my jaw. Sometimes it's my hands. Sometimes it's my inner thighs. Mm. Like I'll notice like I'm tightening my inner thighs as, as like something that's happening is not comfortable or I'm getting frustrated or whatever. Like I'll notice where like the key points in my body are. So these are the places that when something comes on and something hits, like we immediately start storing it in our body and we are not taught how to let go of it. If you are, I'm very much in love with the fact that I can look at nature and I see myself. Mm. I feel like nature has provided everything that we need. And I think that this one concept in nature really 
holds the grief value or the shock value. And that's when, if you've ever seen um, a deer almost get eaten by a lion and it gets away, it begins to, when it's by itself and safe, it'll shake. Hmm. You'll see them completely shaking it out. And what they're doing is they're clearing their nervous system. They know that this no longer serves them and they are allowing it to pass through. We don't do that. We hang on to it. We're, we're a different, more complex being in this way to where we'll, this, this is now our identity. This story is a part of us. And we identify so much with our grieving process um, that sometimes we can't look above it. And so, yeah, grief we hold in our bodies. Grief is something that you'll see immediately your breathing will change. Um, the temperature of your body will change and you'll start to slump inwards. Um, a lot of people, you know, you'll just go in and you're, you can't even, sitting up straight just doesn't even feel good. Um, so yeah, grief hits us in a, in a very big way on a very physical aspect as well as the emotional, mental and all of that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And I think, you know, uh, as we're, as we're talking about this, what's really coming to my mind is that, um, death doesn't just happen. Like the grieving process, like we can grieve people's deaths, people that have passed. Right. But, um, we can also grieve ourselves or like an, mm -hmm. a version of ourselves. And, yeah. um, so I'd, I'd love to hear just more about that, like yeah. how the, the death process can show up in our, our lives from yeah. us. Yeah, I mean, I think um, from the moment we're, being, we're born, we're being shown different ways that we die and we have to let go of certain things. And it's once again reflected in nature, the seasons, the cycles, all of that. Um, but yeah, we are, <laughs> we're built to grieve. We are built to shed layers of ourselves and the grieving process. So my husband and I facilitate out of the country, different retreats where there's plant medicine. And these are people going in here to have a very spiritual death an ego death, a spiritual emergence. And that's because they are in the process in their life where things that have served them no longer serve them anymore. Um, and this isn't, I can't say this is for everyone who sits with us because you, you know, you get the wide range of seekers and other, other aspects, but there is, there is a, um, a group of, of people who come because they're really needing to push past something and they need to solidify something. So this process of having some form of ego death and recoming out of it and having an opportunity to change your patterning, to move forth in a different direction to have a new understanding of yourself and other people and bring in more of what you're looking for and let go of what you're looking for. This was a spiritual death. And this one requires um, a grieving process as well. Because if we're not willing to look at the grieving part of this, a part of us hangs on to it. Hmm. Right? And like we are built like to, to shed, to grow, to constantly be putting ourselves in these situations that force us to stretch, you know? And um, yeah, I, I, I work with a lot of people who are going through the different dying processes within their life. Um, and so it's not always death. It's just different parts of them that they're noticing and healing and then hopefully releasing. Yeah.
Yeah, that's truly beautiful and amazing. I think what, um, what I love about my connection with you, Mary, is that you actually met me after I had just come in, come out of, or at the tail end, should I say, I wouldn't say that I had come out of it quite yet, but um, at the tail end of this, my own death process, I mm. had gone through just, you know, two, three months of just shedding and just like feeling in that depressed state and feeling like not really knowing which direction to go in, willing to be, give everything up because I just wasn't sure that what was what anymore. And even with my marriage, like not really knowing what was what and to have that experience, I don't think that it's, for me at least, it's been hard to put into words because it's kind of something like you experience. It's, it's a part of your being when you step into this work of, of continuously growing yourself and tapping into the infinite knowledge that we have. And so I just love this conversation around, around like the grieving and the death of ourselves and how mm-hmm. we can use that as, as a tool when maybe we lose somebody else, like the way that we experienced it here can be yeah you know like yeah that's such a beautiful poetic I mean yeah the the more that you can understand your own deathing process and 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 recognize it and love it and and when we say these parts of you that die off or just change it's 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 such a beautiful thing it's and it doesn't mean that this other part of you goes away forever it just means that you choose now to love that part of you but you know that there's something else different you can do from that place. Mm-hmm. That's A. And just really just making those, those connections and loving the part you came from. Mm-hmm. Loving the part that you're, that you're shedding. Like what a beautiful gift to witness that. And I just think it's all so poetic to me. That's I think my fascination with like the death and dying process is just this beautiful union of life. And then what it looks like when it fully comes together and fully starts to then disconnect. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And as you're, as you're talking about this and you said it earlier and it just like, it brought this image to my head of just like the trees and how trees each year they shed their leaves, you know, they, they shed, that's their process of like, them letting go of the old and bringing new into the new world and I think that's just a truly beautiful thing to witness in nature and when we get to witness it within ourselves when we allow ourselves to go there with us it's yeah just it's like you said it's just beautiful it is it reminds me okay so one of my heroes his name is Stephen Jenkinson And I absolutely admire this person 100%, but like, that's what he talks about. And some of his, the things that he shares with the collective is how, I don't want to do him disservice, but so I don't make sure I say this correctly. (laughs) (laughs) He is describing how us as the human race has forgotten what it means to really, truly love. Because if we really, truly love something, we watch it through its whole arc, Mm -hmm. the seed, the blossoming, and the death. And how us as a society only pick and choose the good things about the love 
but we leave the death and dying part. And it's not a full arc of love if you can't witness that flower dying. We always leave the flowers dying, we pick them up and we throw them away and we don't appreciate everything that it just went through. So it was like a really beautiful, how he describes how we just are not fully, but we are getting there, by the way. Mm -hmm. I really feel like we are getting there by even just recognizing and even having these conversations. I know we're getting there, uh, but just witnessing the full act of love, which is the end. Mm. We can't discount the end. It's the best part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, as you're talking about this, I just get this like flutter in my stomach. It's almost like, you know, you're getting chills in your body, but this one is like a flutter in my stomach and it's almost this deep resonance because so much of what you're talking about there is, is a part of the process that, that I guide women through, but I wasn't fully aware of it. Mm. Um, and so I, I appreciate that you brought that to my attention and hmm. I love it. I love that's just it. I love that's what I love about talking and sharing and just communicating with our brothers and sisters. We are going to make such big leaps and bounds by just sharing what has been shared with us. Hmm. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when we when we tune into our story, when we tune into our truth and we start to speak it to the world, um, it allows the collective to heal because we're giving other per people permission to do the same thing. And that, that's so much of the reason why I do the work that I do is because it gives people permission to be themselves without this disconnect from love. We get to tune into the frequency of love in all aspects of who we are. The, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the beautiful, the whatever we want to classify it as. And mm. Mm. yeah. Aho, sister. Mm. Aho. Thank you. <laughs> I would love to hear, I've heard you say that a couple of times. Can you kind of speak about what aho means? Aho. Okay. Aho is just a Native American amen. Mm. So Aho, just Native American. I really resonate um, with some of the Native American prayers. Um, there's a couple of that I say before I go and sit with the dying and speak with them or just even opening up for like energetic healing or Reiki. Um, anything that I'm, I say this, these prayers often, but I really resonate with the, the Native American um, prayers. I just, it just, they feel right to me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, I knew it was something because you always um, pair it with namaste or don't always, but I've heard you pair yeah. it with namaste together. So yeah, but I, I have to also say that my husband, who is the constant corrector and bless him <laughs> in my life, he is like, you're not supposed to say namaste and aho like back to back. But I'm like, oh. I, it works for me. I like saying namaste and aho. And he's like, but it doesn't go together. I'm like, but, <laughs> but it's my world too. Yeah. <laughs> I really, it just has always felt so fluid. So I never felt like I forced it or I sat down and thought of it. Just one day I said it and it felt right. So I was like, mm -hmm. I like to say namaste and aho. Like, mm -hmm. 
is it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You've got to do what feels good for you, even yes. though it might not be the right thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, acknowledging it too, that like, Hey, I know this isn't the right way, but it feels right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think one last question here. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you, what piece, like if you could say, one thing to somebody who's grieving or give them one piece of advice and they're really in the depths of it and they don't really know, they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, um, so to speak. So what would you kind of say to them to, to help guide them out of that, that darkness and that, um, yeah. I would just really tell them that they are not alone. Yeah. They are not alone. And that this deepness and that's the heaviness is meant to be felt in the timing that it's meant to be felt and it's meant to be carried when it's meant to be carried. And this might be that time. And this might be that time to lean into this and I will support you and you have support. There is guidance and there is something really miraculous when we lean into these moments, when we can look at these things and decide to carry them in the ways that feel right for us. Beautiful. I yeah. love it. <laughs> I have no words. I just love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. One one last thing. Um yeah. just if anybody wants to connect with you and oh. get into your energy, where can we find you? Yeah, Facebook is a great place. Um, Mary Briere, M A R Y B R I E R R E. Our Instagram, you can message me at either place or you can go to Connect Anamkara. So Connect Anamkara at gmail.com. And yeah, I have some really exciting things happening and I just love to connect with the collective and to be of service and in these ways, it, it truly is an honor and one of the biggest blessings I've ever had. So beautiful, beautiful. And I'll be sure to link those in the show notes so that you guys can go and just click and you don't have to worry about, Oh, did I spell that right? Or anything. Yeah. So perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, I just want to give a big thank you for showing mm-hmm. up today and for just being your, your beautiful self in every way. Thank you so much, Chelsea. I love you so much. I love you too. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in to another beautiful episode of Unearthing You. If you are loving the show and find value in it, I would be incredibly grateful if you head on over to iTunes to leave a review. Please feel free to leave any suggestions or questions in your review or send an email to hello at chelseasyllabon.com with any questions or guest suggestions. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.